This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, we're up the top of the tower. We are the Fight Disciples and we are talking nothing for the next hour except Merseyside Fight Sports. And we are in the middle right now, the epicenter, if you like, of a, just a complete mad whirlwind of whale titles, of historic moments, of massive fights of small hall shows coming back again phenomenal time to be covering fight sports in this city and that kind of leads me towards tonight's guest you've heard him on this show before we had him in i think last time you were in was last christmas we did the christmas review correct yeah. yourself with uh, yourself and chris walker but tonight i'm happy to say join me in the studio is the one and only mr foz fozzy Liverpool Echoes own boxing reporter. How are you doing, my mate? How are we, Nick? Good, mate. Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for uh, coming in tonight. Um, Thanks for having me. Loads happening at the moment, El. Um, obviously, we're going to come on to, to Jeddah um, shortly this weekend, Friday night. Callum Smith dares to be great, taking on WBA Super World Champion George Groves in the final of the World Boxing Super Series Super 6 tournament, the Ring Magazine Belt on the line there as well. Absolutely historic moment. No Scousers, as far as I know, no Scousers ever fought for the Ring Magazine belt before. Um, we both were at a press conference yesterday morning in Manchester where Tony Bellew uh, went nose-to-nose with Alexander Usyk. Uh, they will collide later in the year. That again is for the Ring Magazine belt and all four other belts in the Cruiserweight division. Bellew there, absolutely daring to be great. Um, I think the debate about him being Liverpool's most successful pro boxer, there's no debate left out left if he does the business against Alexander Usk. Um, but of course, we've also got the fallout of Anthony Joshua at the weekend where David Price got injured. That's coming up later in the show. We're going to try and get Pricey on the show a little bit later. And then we're going to finish uh, in part three with a full review of the small hall show that's happening this weekend in Liverpool. A central area title fight back on Merseyside. Listen, it's all great, all these ring magazine belts and Anthony Joshua undercards and pay-per-view events and fighting in Saudi Arabia and here, there and everywhere. But without fight fans supporting shows like the one this weekend at Liverpool Olympia with lads on there from Liverpool who are starting out in their careers, who are dreaming the dream of, of following the footsteps of the likes of Callum Smith and Tony Bellew and David Price. Without supporting these shows, the big shows don't happen. So I want to focus the end, the last part of the show, on that. Hopefully get someone on the phone from that card um, coming up. But mad mad time to be in the centre of all this. You look like you haven't slept in about six months. I feel like I haven't slept in about six months, Nick, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's train after plane after automobile. After train, after plane, after automobile, <laughs> after hotel. Yeah. It's just it's just mad. But brilliant. It but you know, I say this to, I say this to you all the time. Would we have it any other way? No, of course not. No. Well I, I did have it another way tw- you know, fifteen years ago. When I was, you know, scraping round going up to Kirby Sports Centre to cover Shane Neary and, you know, prepping for world title fights and yet the world title fights weren't happening in Liverpool because we didn't have a venue big enough and you know the, they were building tents in Stanley Park and everything else. That was that, they were the hard times. You're lucky. You're you're in the you're the Liverpool Echoes boxing reporter in the good times. You're surrounded by brilliant opportunities and world title fights. Um, it is a great time to be a fight sports journalist, and you know obviously it's a great time to be a, a fight fan. Never mind just from Liverpool, but just from the UK. This is the golden age of British boxing, 
absolutely make no mistake. Now, the fight this weekend, I'll want to talk about first and foremost. Obviously, you know, you're, you're we're both from this city. We record this show in Liverpool. There's a real sense around the city at the moment that finally, after, what, four years waiting, Callum Smith is finally going to fight for a world title uh, in on on Friday night, albeit in, in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. That, that's a completely different show. Um, but it's a tough one. You know, we, we've waited this long, but he, listen, make no mistake, he takes on the world number one in the 12-stone division. Definitely, he does. It's a tough ask. It is a very tough ask. I was um, I was chatting with Eddie Hearn yesterday at the Belarusic press conference. Eddie's going out there on Thursday, returns on Saturday. And um, I think it's a bit of a weird one, it being on a Friday. It, that I, I feel like it hasn't had as much attention because it's yeah. on the Friday. And plus it's on ITV pay-per-view this Friday night as well, which probably, you know, if it was on Sky, it'd probably be all over Sky by now or or even BT Sport, you know, you'd see a lot more promos. ITV Sport, you know, let's be honest, kind of dipping their toe in with pro boxing this season with the World Boxing Super Series. So maybe that's why it hasn't been as big as it has. But the tournament itself has been phenomenal. Both brackets of the tournament, the Cruiserweights was amazing. Super Middleweights, thankfully, played out how we wanted it to play out. Incidentally, we talked about this, you know, on the boxing show this week. Obviously, our boxing podcast and UFC podcast are both available via Fight Disciples, uh, at Fight Disciples on social media, fightdisciples.com if you want more on all this kind of subject matter. Obviously, this is the Merseyside-centric show. But the number one seed, George Groves, fights the number two seed, Callum Smith, on Friday from the 12-stone category, just like the Cruiserweights. Yeah. It's, it's almost like... It's almost like the... Organisers, Kamosa, have have got together and thought they've they've seen been they've thought about doing the opposite to what the WBA are doing. The WBA are trying to have as many champions as possible yeah. to get as many sanctioning fees in as possible. That's just a fact. That's the way they work. Yeah. Whether it's right or it's wrong, that's just the way they work. Yeah. Kamosa AG and the World Boxing Super Series have got together in particular with Chief Boxing Officer Callis Owland, and thought, how can we how can we work out who is the best? Yeah. This tournament has worked out who is the best. It's eight eight lads, eight very good lads, and at the end of it, one will come out on top. Yeah. And that one will be the best in that It'll division be the number one. in the world. Even though it's only the, they've only got the WBA super belt on the line here, obviously local fight fans will be aware that uh, Rocky Fielding holds the WBA regular belt. Um, again, as Foz just pointed out then, let, let's not go down that murky path of what the WBA, how they're ruining this sport. But George Groves is currently ranked the number one in the world, even though he's only got one of the versions of the world title belt. That's why Ring Magazine, are putting their belt on the line. Usually Ring Magazine belts are only contested between the number one and number two in the world. That's exactly what happens on Friday night in Saudi Arabia. Callum's number three with the Ring Magazine. So who's number two? I believe Benavidez is number two. Well then, how, why are they going against their own rules? Because they're doing the, they're doing the same with... Is that um, a commitment to the World Boxing Super that's Series? That's a commitment to the World Boxing Super Series. they will put the belt on the line yeah. at the end. So they've yeah. made that statement at the beginning of the tournament. So that was obviously spelt out to Benavidez and whatever else. This is the tournament. Whoever gets, whoever wins this is going to win the Ring Magazine belt. Whether you're in it or not, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, coming on to the fight itself then, you know, let's, let's forget about the politics because we're a couple of days away now and hopefully 
all being well with the scales on Thursday and then, you know, listen, anything could happen. I'm not talking about Callum Smith in particular at all because Callum was about four or five pounds overweight when I went to see him last week. Um, I don't envisage there being any issues. That, that that can be the only issue now with just a couple of days to go. All goes well on Thursday. We get ourselves a fight on Friday night. Callum Smith, would you suggest Callum Smith needs to finish the fight early? Would you suggest Callum Smith's got the knockout power over George Groves? Good, Joe. We've seen George Groves hit in the past. Or if it goes to a points decision, do you think George Groves will have the edge? We've seen George hit in the past, you're right. And we've also seen Callum perform to his best when his back's against the wall. You've only got to look at the likes of um, the Rocky Field and one-round demolition. You've got to look at the one-round demolition of Hadila Mohammadi to win the European title. Both were big occasions. Yeah. Both were big, big fights, and Callum turned out he performed. So Joe Gallagher, his trainer, has said in the build-up to this fight that Callum performs with his back against the wall. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. I just want to know whether Callum can perform with his back against the wall this much. Okay, he's away from home, but so is George. However, George Groves is by far Callum Smith's toughest test to date. Yeah. I can't can't argue with that. So what what we need to see is what we've seen in the past on another level. I think... What you pointed out there as well, he won the British in the first round, won mm. the European in the first round, he actually won the English in the first round as Against well. Against Patrick Mendy. Yeah, so the, the three big title fight opportunities that have come Callum's way, he's won by first round knockout. Uh, Got to be worth a pound. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, you're right, George Groves is by far his tougher, the toughest opponent. You could also argue that, you know, since he became, you know, since he got back, in the mix since he beat Chudanov. Obviously, Jamie Cox was a blown-up welterweight, never mind the super middleweight, and Chris Eubank Jr. got massively exposed to a, a complete lack of boxing skills, as Prince Naz pointed out. Either you box or you can't. And on that night, Chris <laughs> Eubank Jr. couldn't box. So, you, you could argue that... boxing or you're not. That's it, exactly, yeah. So, th- this is a big test as well for George Groves, because Cam Smith's massive. It is a big test for George Groves, but we've seen George Groves come through these tests in the past. Yeah, okay, he's had the world title defeats. Yeah. But he he had his uh, he had his defining night. Not not against not against uh, Carl Frotch when he knocked him down in the first round and went on to be stopped. Yeah. But it was against Fedor Chudinov on the twenty seventh of yeah, May. But that's the point I, the... I wanted to make though. When he fought Frotch the first time Terrible refereeing performance. You know, Howard Foster stepped in when Froch was winning, when Groves was winning the fight. That's why we got the straight rematch. Don't get me wrong, Froch completely and utterly silenced it, silenced everybody with that sensational big right hand one punch knockout. Then he goes and fights Badu Jack in Las Vegas for the world title WBC belt. Gets dropped in the first round en route to a, a decision defeat. Since then, you know, Martin Murray's a middleweight. Jamie Cox a welterweight. David Brophy's a, a British ranked fighter. These these are the guys that wins against the Chudanov fight. Okay, becomes world champion with a with a sensational knockout in the sixth round. But he's behind on the cards coming into that fight as well. It was like his third or fourth time fighting for a world title before he finally won the world title. There's a question mark over whether George Groves is on his way down the mountain, and Callum Smith is absolutely on his way up the mountain. Is it about timing? Is timing the, the factor here? Listen, everything in the world is about timing, Nick. And I think I think this is perfect timing for Callum Smith. However, I don't think 
as much as George Groves has probably peaked and hit his level with winning the world title, I don't feel like I don't feel like he's on as rapid a decline as people are, as people are suggesting. No, and that could show at the weekend. I think I think Callum will have to come through a lot of sticky patches during the fight, but I believe that Callum will use his his height, his range, and his more importantly his ability to his strengths, and uh, I think he, I think he wins on points. Yeah, I don't think it's a case of, um, I don't think Callum Smith can necessarily knock George Groves out. I do think though that he can. Yeah, you can say that George Groves has got a good jab. Yeah. He's got a good right hand. He's heavy handed. Blah blah blah. But I think. Callum's boxing skills are underrated. Mm-hmm. We've seen George Groves' boxing skills. We know what he can do. Yeah. We also know he can knock people out. Yeah. We know Callum can knock people out, but have we seen Callum's boxing skills yet? Not not really. Friday night could be the um could be the night we see them. Yeah. I I I tend to think I think Callum's gonna catch him, to be honest. I think Callum's gonna catch him. He's gonna he's gonna show that power. Um I think for me, George Groves. Um, is on his way back down the mountain a little bit. I think his, his again, his performances against Chudanov when you go back and watch that fight, sensational to get the win and finally get that world title belt, but he was behind on the card. Jamie Cox, not a super middleweight, Chris Eubank Jr. Exposed. I, I don't know, I think I think this is a massively tough fight for George Groves at this stage in his career. Um, I can see Callum winning, and I can see Callum winning in sensational fashion. I really can. Um, I, I can only see that WBA belt and the Ring Magazine belt coming back to Liverpool and and for me, that would probably set up a perfect rematch as well. I wouldn't surprise me if the rematch happened in May, and it could even happen at Anfield. I'm hearing. Well, I believe, um, I believe from what from what I've been told that the um, the there's been talks about the the, the rematch between um, Callum and Groves, regardless of the result at the weekend. Yeah, and I've also heard that if Callum comes out on top, um, a fight another fight with Rocky Fielding could happen. Well, of course, well, Callum would be the WBA super champion. Rocky would be the WBA regular champion. That would make perfect sense, of course it would. Um, obviously, it would also put Callum at the top of the tree in the super middleweight division. Um, speaking to him and seeing him last week, you know, he, he looks in incredible shape. I'd love to see him unify some of the belts. There's obviously big fights out there for him. The James DeGale fight, of course, jumps off the page as well just because there's family ties there. Um, but also Callum Smith, let's make no mistake, he will eventually move up to light heavyweight. He will eventually go on a campaign there. I think it's no it's no secret that World Boxing Super Series were initially planning on doing light heavyweights this year. And they, they had actually spoken to both Callum and George Groves about going straight into the light heavyweight tournaments as, a, as one of the top seeds. So this opens doors that Callum Smith, and he's had to be patient, Callum Smith, hasn't he? I say three or four years as the number one contender for the WBC the fight got made so many times and it just fell through. Ultimately, he signed up for this tournament for one reason and one reason only. And that was because he knew that if he won his three fights, he would be champion of the world. And on Friday night, he gets that opportunity, finally. He does get that opportunity. However, six months ago, that it could it could have all gone uh, belly up. Because, obviously, when George, when George Groves boxed Chris Eubank Jr., he dislocated that shoulder. And the final had to be pushed back. There were worries about George not making the rescheduled date. And had that have been the case, 
Callum would have had to have boxed. Yeah, exactly, but it wasn't the case. That isn't happening. What is happening is the world title fight's happening on Friday night. It's live on ITV box office. Make sure you connect to it. This whole city will be behind them. The whole of the UK will be championing both these guys, you know, split down the middle. I think it's a it's a bit of a pick and fight, whether you go with experience or you go with youth, whether you go with guile or tenacity or you go with power and a knockout, one-punch knockout ratio. Um, it, it's kind of divided. I think... What will usually happen in these big events and what will usually play out is that it will be the exact opposite of what we think it's going to be. I just hope it's an absolute cracker. Yes, it's a travesty. It's happening in, in Jeddah, in Saudi Arabia, rather than in the UK. I think anywhere in the UK, this fight's a massive sellout. But it is what it is. Let's just embrace it now. Let's enjoy it now. And it happens on Friday. Do not miss it and stick with us two here at Fight Disciples because coming up in part two, we're going to review David Price's performance from the weekend. We're going to talk about Alexander Usyk, Tony Bellew fight getting confirmed yesterday. And then later on in the show, we're going to dive into that Steve Wood card at Liverpool Olympia. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. For a bit more, by the way, on the Callum Smith chat, um, visit fightdisciples.com or at fightdisciples. Me and Adam went down to Joe Gallagher's gym last week. Uh, Adam sat down, did a nice interview with Callum on camera. Uh, that's all over our YouTube channel and our social media. His final interview before he set off for Saudi Arabia this weekend. Fingers crossed for Callum Smith. Uh, coming up now in this part of the show, obviously we want to review uh, the performance by the city's big heavyweight, David Price. We had him on the on the show last week. He was in such fine f- fickle, wasn't he? He was in good mood. He was excited. He had a smile on his face and, you know, a happy David Price is a very dangerous David Price and it was a f- phenomenal fight at the weekend. Four rounds in. I had it split. I had it 2-2. Two, two. It was really shaping up well. It was a massive opportunity for Price to jump back in the mix in the at the top of the heavyweight division, never mind domestically but internationally as well against Sergei Kuzman. But unfortunately, he had to retire at the end of round four with a bicep injury. So frustrating for all the fans watching from home. And I can only imagine how frustrating it was for Pricey at ringside. Let's see if we can get him on the phone now and uh, and see how he is in the aftermath. Big Pricey now joins us on the line. Obviously, I was just saying then, David, you know, was a, the fight was shaping up so well on Saturday night. Uh, I think most people, most observers... Added 2-2. You know, it, it was about to swing either way. Uh, so frustrating with the injury, I think, in the aftermath. No one realised at the time, but when we seen the footage afterwards, we you can see at the end of round two where you look down at that bicep. When did the injury first tr- start troubling you in camp? And at what stage in the fight did you think, oh, you know what, I'm not going to be able to get through 10 rounds? Do you know what? I'd, um, if I, <clears throat> I sparred once for the fight with uh, Nathan Gorman on the Monday before the fight. Because it was that much of a rush job, um, and then after it, <coughs> I was feeling feeling a little bit of a niggle in it. Um, so you know, we spoke about it, and then I had, I had a little bit of treatments on it. Went down, using it again. I, I was on anti-inflammatories and everything else. But um, that's when it started, anyway. And then in the in the second round, I felt it. I felt it. I did feel it go, um, and I was like, okay, you know, I'll see how it goes. Um, but we spoke before the fight, me and Joe McNally, when I was offered the fight, and he told me um, he was going to take it into his own hands if he thought that it was going to become an issue and that you know it was going to going to take any any control away from me, given the circumstances, given how my last fight before that ended, um, and I had to. I had to give him my word before the fight in a serious conversation because you know you, you don't play at this sport. No, 
know, my last fight, I, I got out the ring and I had to get 60 odd stitches in my face and a broken nose and a brain scan and, and everything else. So going into this one, um, you know, we have, we have to take measures really to, to protect myself. And that was that was down to Joe. You know, the fighter and me, I've woke up the last couple of days, I've been, been torturing myself. Yeah. I'd rather have got stretched out in the ring um, and and carried out because that that's the the fighter in me. But the logic tells me it was the right decision. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have been fighting with one hand, and plus, you know, I was starting to feel the pace. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to deny that. Um, the, the training camp, we done what we could. It was it was it was, um, it was like I said, it was a short notice job. But what it did. What I did do was what I said I was going to. I was going to go in there and try and try and take the fight at early doors and, and go for it, which I did. Um, you know, so it, it's just one of them. I've, I've, what, what can I do? You know, it's um, it's disappointing. But what I have done, if I, if I would have lost conclusively, then that would that's it. But I have left the door open because, you know, I think I think me and him especially, uh, Kuzman, with with a training camp like I had for the Pavekin fight, what a what a fight it'd be, you know. Yeah. Um, I think our styles gelled nicely, um, and I'd love the chance to do it again with him. But whether that happens, I don't know. But um, you see, I think that was the most frustrating thing for fans watching from home and, and inside the arena. It was like it was a great fight. It, it, yeah, you, you the, the the styles gelled so well. You were really letting your shots go, and mm-hmm. as you say, yeah. You know, there were signs there that you know you, you you gas tank you, but you look like you got a second wind in the fourth round, and mm. you know I I thought you were letting your shots go well in the fourth round. You're teeing off them. Yeah. Uh, listen, take nothing away from Kuzman as well. Guy's got a chin, you know, because he took some big yeah. shots there. But I was yeah, thinking, yeah. mate, you yeah. you can't take shots like that for much longer. That was again. I think we could all we like you, I'm sure, could see and could taste and can feel the victory for you, mm. and that's what made it so doubly frustrating. I think. That's that was always the fear I had going into it because I spoke to a couple of people on, on the, the week of the fight. Look, now, now when that fight was announced, you know, I do, I do see what's being said and people are, people are writing me obituaries and everything before the fight or why is David Price risking his health? And, you know, I don't need to be seeing things like that, but they, they, do, they do plant seeds in your head. Um, you know, and, and in my mind, I was like, am I making the right move going in with it with a, a dangerous, unbeaten fighter here? Um, so when I've gone in there, you know, I, I, I've, like I said, I've done what I've had to do as in go for it. But the, the fear was that I go in here and put it on this fella but can't sustain it. Mm. You know, if they've gone in there and he's been outclassing me and then what happens happened, then it'd be okay. You know, he, he was too good for me, but that, that weren't the case. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, that weren't the case. So um, that makes it frustrating. But he'd be told me to, you know, I have to look at look at where I was um, like twelve months ago. Yeah, I was ready to retire, you know. And and in the space of nine months, I've had two good fights, two good opportunities where I've been paid well. And you know that's what this is about for me. You know, it's not about the, the, all right. Yeah, we want to win, but but in my in the way it's working for me now, it's frustrating me because I'm not getting that winning feeling anymore. I've lost three out of my last four fights. Yeah, and that and that's the reason why. We carry on fighting is is because of that addiction to the winning and the adulation and when it when it becomes like disappointment after disappointment, that's when you start like you start thinking, well, 
come on, I'm not doing it anymore, you know. So the the things that are going through my head at the minute, um, but like I said, I've left the door the, the door open by by letting Joe McNally take take it and go out on our own terms on Saturday night, even though it was swinging, the fight was swinging in you know each direction and it could have gone either way. But like I said, I've got me out, I've got out there and I've walked out uh, under my own strength type of thing and. Um, See what happens next. Yeah, of course. But you know, you, you know, you're talking about your last couple of fights. But you know, you're talking about the European champion. You're talking about the world number three. You're talking about the guy who fought the weekend as a undefeated yeah. fighter yeah. who's ranked top twenty in the world as well. Yeah. You know, you're yeah, talking yeah. about you're, you're, you're competing in the Champions League level of this sport. Yeah. So you know, well, it, it'd be different if you were going and fighting, you know, big sexy in Ireland in a, a yeah. domestic level fight and losing there. Then I would oh, understand yeah. that conversation. So, yeah, it, will, yeah. will that be the next step? You, you go back there. You're going to wait and see what happens with Cosman yeah. or whatever. I don't. Yeah, I'd love. Well, I'd, 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 I'd put it out there. Definitely, I'd go to Russia to fight Cosman um, in, in an instant rematch. You know, as soon as this army heals up, definitely. But, but I think it's fair to say I am, despite the, the last couple of losses, I, I feel like I've, I'm fighting better than I have for a long time, if not since I've turned pro. Mm. Um, so I feel like I'm finding my form, but without getting the results for for the last two fights. But so so for that reason, you know, alone, yeah, that that's enough to say. Yeah, just keep pushing on. Um, but it's got to be it's got to be the right circumstances. And, and when you're in my position where you haven't got a promoter and you're training for a fight where there's no opponents and I've been going through the motions because Sean Turner pulled out, you know. As 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 a as a virus and, and missed a couple of about ten days worth of training the weeks before it, couple of just just many different things and I'm I'm not making excuses because I've got in and I've lost and I've said you know he, he's won it's another loss on my record it doesn't matter it's, it's you know yesterday's news tomorrow's chippy paper yep. you know people, people as soon as the next show happens <clears throat> be forgotten about and then in a couple of months time. When Eddie year might get pick up the phone and say, "Prices, do you want to fight Dave Allen or do you want to fight this?" And I say, "Yeah, but I need, I need notice um, because there will be opportunities still. It's just um, the, the the fighter in me and and the, the pride was was what hurts more for yeah. Saturday. But I think um, I think you know the fact that I left it in Joe's hands. I think he's made a wise move for me. Yeah. <laughs> is that the way you felt straight after the fight or were you a little bit frustrated was there a second there where you thought yeah I was gutted because yeah. it was like uh, you know like I'm saying if it, if it had got in and he'd be being outclassed with me then after that I'd be like okay because, it, because in there I was like oh no you know I was finding I, was, I could see everything coming and, and I felt like he, he wouldn't have been able to knock me out type of thing Um and I could see everything come, but that was the frustrating thing. If he'd have been like a world beater and absolutely brilliant, I'd probably just gone, "Oh, yeah, get me out of there." Do you know what I mean? But um, that wasn't the case, unfortunately. But like I said, just keep moving forward. You know, the the things that have happened in my career, you know, where I've been cheated or I've had bad knockouts, of it, it, it's it's just part part and parcel of of my boxing career and I just keep moving forward and um, everyone's opinion their, their opinions are stated but then they move on to something else I've got to sit and let, let everything fester and go everything through my head and 
I think I need to just go right, put that, put that to bed now. That's that's done. That chapter's over. Move on to the next one. <laughs> David, have you um, have you been to see a doctor about you about your bicep yet? Have you had any sort of time frame hour, on it? In an hour, I'm gonna go and see one. Um, but the, I seen the doctor after the fight. The uh, the ringside doctor, and he, he said you've you've got a um, partial tear in your bicep. Um, go and get it looked at. Blah blah blah. So I'll get it. I'll, I'll probably have to get an MRI scan. Mm. Um, but but that that's that's for in an hour's time. You know, I'll go down and see uh, the specialist up in Wigan. Hopefully it's hopefully it's not a bad injury because if if that's a a full tear, then you're probably looking at at least twelve months out. And again, that's twelve months where, you know, the performance or the stoppage would have festered with you even more. Hopefully, you've caught it in the right time. You've done the right thing. Um, yeah. You know, you can get back out again early in the new year. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It may, it may have, we may have um, prevented. You know, it may, it may be in ready to just snap. And, and if that was have happened, like you said, that that's a long time out. That that may have even spelled the end. Um, which would have been a disappointing way to go. You know, I don't think um, I don't think go out like that. No. Where I've had to be pulled out on my stool at the, at the end of the round where, it, where it's been a good fight and just warming up. And, you know, I, I think um, I deserve to go out in, in better fashion than I also myself. I think, uh, you know, there's still loads out there for you. Obviously, you sound down compared to when we spoke to you last week when you were, when you were so happy and you were enjoying it and you were... It's a sport at the end of the day, and you're and you're living a, you're living out a dream. It's been a crazy journey that you've been on. Don't think anyone uh, could have predicted it would have been it would have taken the twists and the turns that it has. But you know what? I think regardless of what comes in the future, and I still think there's a there's a massive fight out there for you. I just think you've got to try and enter it still with that smile on your face because you entered the ring on Saturday for me with a smile on your face, and that was yeah. while while you were pulled out. It was four of the most entertaining rounds. That we've seen from you certainly in this yeah. in this later stage of your career. Yeah, and of and of the night again, you know, the other fights, uh, apart from the Joshua fight, the other undercard fights, I'm always going to provide entertainment. That mm. that's that that's guaranteed with me, which is why I will get opportunities. And yeah, and I did go in with a smile on my face, and you know, because the the, the size of the occasion, like I said, it, it was great to be a part of it. Um, so. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity, you know. That that was that was brilliant. You know, I've seen and I seen Barry Ann before the fight. Um, you know, Barry Ann's like he's, he's well respected and he he's he's like a bit of a boxing guru type of thing, yeah. even though he's a more of a backseat and you know, he pulled me to one side and he said, Listen, he said you've got you're a, he said you're a, you're a you're a proper geezer for going into this fight, especially at late notice. He said you people People don't realise, considering what happened in your last fight, you deserve a lot of credit type of thing. So the people who matter in the sport recognise, yeah. you know, what I'm about. And that, and that was nice, you know, it was nice to say that. And it was great to be um, part, of, part of a big event. And look, I always wanted to be, you know, world champion and, and, a, and a star in boxing and an elite fighter. It hasn't worked out that way, but... Look, just because you're not the best doesn't mean you're not good. Yeah, you know, you know, and, and, and I said this to my kids the other night because I've come home three out of the last four times to my kids and told them I've lost. And um, but they, 
I was like, what, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should carry on boxing? I asked the kids and they were like, yeah, yeah, because you're good, you're good. And, and I said, well, yeah, because, you know, just because you're not the very best doesn't mean you're not good. And, and I do believe I'm good enough to still be involved in decent fights below the, the, the top level, you know, competitors, entertaining fights where, where, where we can do good business still. Um, and, and if it's out there, I'm, I'm there for it, I'm down for it. Absolutely. Well, listen, the whole city is still behind you. The whole country is still behind you. I think you're more popular now than you've ever been. And uh, hopefully that injury heals up quickly and we get you back out early in two thousand, early in the new year anyway. So uh, thanks for joining us. Much appreciated. And uh, may keep that smile on your face because I'm telling yeah. you, a, a, a happy price is a dangerous price. I'm going to get my teeth done as well. And veneers. Uh, I wife and his big smile all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. If you just joined us, where have you been, man? We've already been previewing Callum Smith's big world title fight in Jeddah this coming weekend. And, of course, we've just spoken to David Price. Uh, you sounded down, but you know what? There's still plenty more to come. From the big grizzler in the new year, I'm sure 2019. Fingers crossed. That's you know what. If anyone deserves a year out, it's David Price. Let's just hope 2019 works out for him. Right, we're back. Small hall shows this weekend. You love them. I love them. It's bread and butter. This is our bread and butter. The Liverpool Olympia is once again home to small hall boxing. When Steve Wood brings a ten. 11 fight card? 12. 12 fight card even? To, uh, <laughs> to the Liverpool Olympia uh, next door to the Grafton on Saturday night. Tickets will be available on the door. They open at 6.15. Boxing starts at 6.30. Listen, you're going to love this one. Main event, Central Area title fight. Boom! Stevie Brogan from Skem takes on Brad Botham from West Melton. There you go. Doesn't get any bigger than that, baby. Listen, if you can't get excited about Central Area, though, what can you get excited about? I think we're the only two that do get excited about Central areas. to be fair. Derry does. Derry Matthews is a big fan of the old Central Area Only because well. he never ever won one. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Oh, <laughs> rubbing salt in the wound. Only because he never oh, ever won one. Dear. Listen, Derry, I apologise. I never teed him up for that. He dropped that one like it's hot. Um, anyway, Steve Brogan, as I say, Brad Botham this weekend. That's the main, main event at the Olympia. Uh, also on the undercard, Luke Willis. From Liverpool goes up to eight rounds. That's against Des Newton from Devon. Um, Tom Farrell, former WBA super lightweight champion, he returns on the card as well. What, what give, are you making signs at me for? Are I'm they making, gang signs? I'm What's making, going on? I'm making signs at you now because I'm going to give you the full, I'm going to give you the full card. Uh, I've got the full card right in front of me. This was sent to me moments ago. Okay, I'll let you know. Tom McGuinness from Liverpool. Uh, he fights Jamie Quint. That's that super lightweight as well, a six rounder. Jay Farrell, uh, the cruiserweight now based over the water from Liverpool, he's, uh, he goes in a four-rounder. Marcel Braithwaite, formerly of Golden Gloves, he goes in a six-rounder. Lloyd Campbell from Liverpool, he's matched up. Jordan Graham here, and that's at super welterweight. Nate Corliss comes back. Nate Corliss from the Solly, of course. Uh, his big fight, the cruiserweight, loads of momentum behind this kid. Everyone's getting super excited about young Nate. Uh, he's in action. Danny Roberts from the Isle of Man fights Dwayne Green. Uh, that's a super welterweight fight. And Sean Cairns, the super bantamweight. Uh, in fact, is that fight still on? I've got a feeling that's off. 
I spoke to Candy last night. That's on. It's fine, is it? Okay. Yeah. Sean Cairns takes on Brett Fiddo. Uh, that's four rounds, super bantamweight. And at the bottom there, looks like Nathan Bennett against Ricky Rose in four threes. That wraps up everybody except the guy that I've missed off. And I've deliberately missed them off because we're going to get them on the phone right now. It is, of course, Adam Farrell, former primary school teacher turned pro boxer. Um, what a journey he's been on. Former mate of mine. Used to train together at the Solly, didn't you know? Swapped gloves a few times. Bit of sparring, me and young Adam, over the years. Uh, let's get him on the line now and see how he's feeling ahead of his pro debut. Adam, pro debut this weekend. Excited? Yeah, can't wait. A long time coming. Yeah. I think I'm looking for a long time. The back of my mind. Um, finally, finally making the transition over. Of course. It feels like such a journey you've been on. Just just for anyone that doesn't know, just remind us about your journey through boxing because, you know, 10 years ago, I think you were the university's champion. Where did your career and boxing go and then how did it come back together? Um, obviously, I won, I won the universities and all that. Um, obviously, I went... I, I don't know. I said I went one of the universities. Kind of thing. I got beaten. The got beaten in the novice finals by um, got beaten. Got beaten in novice. The novice under tens by John Ryder in the quarterfinals. Then I boxed in the year later in the finals in the under twenties. Got beat again. So it was a bit like like well, the lads from the Solly one. And after that, I started going to the ABAs. Alan and, and decided to throw me in um, as a, with like Neil Perkins after see how. How I got on, did did well, and I kind of think, and then well, we had a few 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 goals in the ABAs. And one time, like I was sick the week before the weigh-in, so I couldn't make the weight. So mm-hmm. we went in, went in eighty-one instead. Box Ricky Summers, my jaw broke in the first round, and obviously then we went on went on to win the went on to win the fight. Um, and I got obviously fine. I'm with them too instead of putting up, which is putting sideways. It's just a bit weird. Uh, um, and then after, then after that, I had the comeback fight in Canada uh, for Merseyside. Mm-hmm. And then I got hit with like a thumb in my eye and broke the floor of my eye. After having, oper- after having operation, fixed that. And then obviously I had to realise that like, my bones were breaking things. I had to change my style. And then the, that season after that came back and won the ABAs. And finally got the box for England and Sweden and stuff. But so. so so while you're you're boxing, it was a strange journey then to that for that England vest and that first ABA title. But away from boxing, then you went and obviously you were studying at the time. You went on to become a, a fully a school teacher. Yeah, I was a primary school teacher for two and a half years. Where was that at? Where were you teacher? Yeah, I was teaching at Saint Oswald's, Saint Oswald's Catholic Primary School. Yeah, in old in old Swan. Uh, it's a funny story that I had to turn up for my job interview and with, with, with a black eye or two. Um, and obviously, over, over the time that I was there, because I still had like me kept dipping my toes in with the boxing and stuff, I'd have a black eye from now and then, um, which is a kid's all found. Hilarious. <laughs> but the headmaster was all right with it there? The, you know, the, the school were okay with it? Yeah, the school, the school were fine with it. Obviously, they did have, have a little comment now and then about, about them and stuff and thingy, yeah, but obviously, we saw that the kid, like obviously because we, we like the belts that the belts that we had like from like from obviously winning Haringey and the ABAs and stuff. Yeah, we used to use, we used to use them in school to try and um, to try and I don't know, to, as a, as a, as a bit of an, an like, to try and keep the kids interested and try and like 
but you say maybe get like the we actually had like match champion of the week where like whoever the, the best match in the classroom showed them the best essay. Yeah. We give them, give them I think give them the belt to get the photo taken with the photo go up on the wall to get laminated and then take it to get to take it home and stuff. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's a good life. So at what stage did you obviously you, you've turned pro now? I'm guessing you're not teaching anymore. You know, at what stage? Did, why did you make the decision? Because it sounds like you you enjoyed. Last time I spoke to you, you said you were enjoying teaching. So what what's made you make the breakaway? Um, so then turn turn thirty, midlife bit of bit of a midlife crisis or whatever. <laughs> it's being like it's now or never, isn't it? Start thinking about and obviously like you say regrets. One of the worst things you can live with. Yeah. Um, I'd rather. I'd rather do something, um, I obviously say, that, and, and regret doing it rather than not do something and regret not doing it. If you get me, of course. As well, I've got like, I've got me, I've got me a little boy in that now as well, and I'd, I'd love this, I'd love it just for like for him to be able to say, "Oh my, oh my dad." As I said to Elliot earlier in the week, yeah, I'd love him to be able to say, "Oh my daddy, like won an area title, like this is title, blah blah blah, and things like that," rather than just, "Oh yeah, there's my dad there, at footy, he's like he's, he's the fat primary school teacher." <laughs> <laughs> so you've gone, so you've gone from marking books to hopefully marking faces. Adam, oh, yeah. how long you been? Pla- how long you been working on that for? <laughs> I've been oh. working on that for three days. Yeah, in between calling me a crab as well. And, uh, <laughs> that was not me. I'll oh, tell you I the see. story about that later on. Unbelievable. Uh, obviously, pro debut this weekend. The 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 emergence of the Solly as well going pro-am. Adam, how much that was an influence? Obviously, you've, you've been a Solly boy uh, right through your amateur career. The, the, the club actually going pro-am as well. Was that a big factor where you thought, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it at home anyway? Yeah, it obviously. Well, I was, I was at Heighton first, wasn't I? Like, yeah. Uh, thing. I've then come to Solly and been, been my home ever since. Uh, but obviously, being that opportunity, of, of, it's like the likes of Eddie and Alan, or they all guided me to the ABA, ABA title, and along with the other coaches from, from this gym. So and obviously, I thought that if I was going to turn pro with anyone, and people are going to look after me the best, obviously, the people who've been there for me, like all, like, all the best parts of me, but my amateur career and stuff, so... I don't know why Eddie, Eddie won't. Um, let's see. You, yeah, Eddie, you'll have to mean that, but he won't. You won't feed me any, any horse crap either. Listen, just because Eddie's sitting there feeding you information, you know, don't don't just yeah. don't just relay what he's telling you to say. You'll be like that in a minute. You know, Eddie's obviously the greatest coach the city's yeah. ever seen. Anyway, so I'm in the right place. Which he is, of course. I'm not arguing with that. But any any news within this situation with it being your pro debut uh, on Saturday at the Olympia? Um, Right now, all I'm hearing is TBA. You know, he's a, he's a capable opponent. TBA, you've got to be careful. But uh, any any signs yet on on the opponents? Have you had any names float about? No, not uh, not yet. But today, today I find out. I'll find out from Steve Wood today. It's weird. It's it, you know you you're making your pro debut. You're on home soil. Obviously, you're gonna have friends and family there. It's you know it's a whole it's a whole different environment compared to the the amateur setup and everything else. It must be weird to well, it's it, it's kind of like the amateurs, isn't it? Where you're going into a tournament, if you like, you're going into the opening round of a tournament. You don't know who the opponent's going to be pretty much until a couple of days before the fight. So I guess this is kind of normal for you. Yeah, it is. It's got two arms, two legs, isn't he? So I hope so. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a mismatch. 
Otherwise, Steve Wood's done you a bit of a favour. Uh, for anyone that hasn't seen you box before, then Adam, maybe you know, maybe listeners who only follow the pro shows aren't necessarily up on on the amateur style, on the amateur, you know, uh, rankings or, or go to many amateur shows. What what kind of style do you bring to the pro ranks? What, what why do you think your style is suited for the pro game? I think obviously, um, people have been telling me for like for like for years. And I should I should say in pro and things that because my style suits the pros, but it's just like. Comfort. It's more like comfort with action, um, power, strength, speed, um, and endurance as well. And obviously, like Alan, Alan always tells me, going like lads from the gym with two with too hard. So I know I give it everything. Yeah. And, and, and be exciting, be exciting to the crowd. I know you're being cool and, and calm and collected right now, but deep down inside, you know, is it is it a different type of excitement? Going into something like this, I know it's only your first fight and there's a long way to go. But are you are you feeling the butterflies a little bit? Yeah, they are. Like, like, like back in back in the old days, like you say, like first couple of fights, and um, it'd be a little bit, like, be, be a little bit like when you turn up your first show and you're like, all oh, these new opponents kind of things and stuff like that. I'd be like looking at like looking at like um, like light heavies being like, oh, that, that'll be in, that'll be my opponent, and then something to be like, nah, it's not. I'll be made up, but. Um, yeah, and probably I'm probably excited for it. Uh, it'd be good. But hopefully, I like I like the play, I like the pressure of everyone being there. So hopefully, perform. Yeah, absolutely. Will there be any of the uh, any of the family or any of the, of the old staff from Saint Oswald down there at the weekend? Yeah, there'll be um, all like be, be most of my family um, be there, and then quite a few of the staff from not from Saint Oswald will be coming as well. Brilliant. And even I'm gonna start working for Jag at the minute. Yeah. And I've got a few about about nine or ten of those lads are coming as well. So, so like so, we've got like good, good few like just over over under, over under people coming to watch me so far. Um, hopefully, get more next. Obviously, taking to a good night and mm. get more for the next fight. Absolutely. Well, listen, mate. You don't, you only get one pro debut, so enjoy it. Enjoy whoever the opponent's going to be. Uh, if you're going to the Olympia this weekend, and if you've got no plans this Saturday night, get down to the Olympia twelve fight card. Uh, Steve Wood show absolutely sensational. This is what it's all about. This is the grassroots of the sport. This is where the bread and butter. This is how we get these big pay per view events by supporting events like this one. Central area title fight at the top. Absolutely rampacked with scousers and make sure you look out for the always exciting Adam Farrell. Adam, thanks for joining us on the show. Big love to Eddie. You know he is obviously the best coach on Merseyside. Let's just say that I, I say it how it is, and we'll catch up with you on Saturday night. And see you Saturday, boys. It's shaping up to be a cracking little card, El. You know, there's, again, it's small hall. Yes, most of these lads have had less than 10 fights, obviously, aside from Tom Fallon and Brogan in the main event. But this is what it's all about, isn't it? We've got to support boxing at this level to get the big pay-per-views. This is the top and bottom of it. You know, you can you can look at your Anthony Joshua pay-per-views. You can look at your Callum Smiths in world titles against George Groves in Jeddah. Yep. But you can watch it as well. It's on ITV4. It's on Friday night. This is on Saturday. It's not, on IT, it's not on ITV4, it's on ITV Box Well, Office. same you thing. Go, and you're going to be charged £16.95 for the oh, yeah. privilege. But this is free. It's on VIP. It's on Saturday. And it's back at the Liverpool Olympia. I know. My old stomping ground, as I like to call it. Listen, I, um, I've only ever seen the Olympia full once. It Pete was, Neary. Pete Neary. 2008. 2008. Good lad. You know what? I haven't even, I haven't even paid him to mention that, but Pete Neary, 2008, 
packed house. Let's hope we get another packed house on Saturday night again. Packed with local fighters. You know, if if you're in the Merseyside area or if you're scouser, you'll have a loose end on Saturday night. Maybe uh, maybe your missus is going to pictures, or maybe you know what? Maybe your husband's on a night shift and you fancy a bit of boxing. Get down to the Olympia. I'm sure you'll be able to pay on the door. Loads of talent down there. Luke Willis, who we've had on the show just a couple of weeks ago. He steps up in a good fight. You know, it's probably the best fight, the best opponent of his career. And Des Newton, both guys with big ambitions, lofty ambitions in the sport. And as I mentioned earlier, Tom Farrell uh, continues his road back into title contention after losing his WBA international strap. He's had two wins since. He's aiming for a third win this weekend. It's got a little bit of everything. I like Marcel Braithwaite. I think he's a cracking little boxer. Uh, Nate Corliss, of course, teammates of Adam Farrell. Loads of momentum behind them. It's a decent card. Get down there, support the lads, and enjoy it. And I'll be back next week with a full report from Saturday night, a full breakdown of Callum Smith versus George Groves from the weekend. And I don't think we mentioned it tonight, and we were planning to, but we didn't even get on to Bellu versus Usyk, and what a massive fight that's going to be for this city. We didn't get on to Bellu versus Usyk, but just quickly before we go, yeah, Black Flash Promotions. In association with the Everton Red Triangle, I've got a show on October the 27th. That's right. At the Grand Central Hall in town. Uh, Connor Butler makes his professional debut. Yeah. Tony Hart makes his professional debut. Nick Ball on there Nick as well. Nick Ball's back. Yeah, Alex and Dicko's on there, I think. Alex Dicko and Brandon Dayord returns from 11 months out. Great. We're going to do a special on that, I think, in the build-up as well. I spoke to uh, spoke to Paul Steve about it. We're going to do a little bit of an ERT Pro Show uh, special ahead of that event. Come back next week. We are the Fight Disciples. If you can't wait a week, visit us at Fight Disciples on social media. Tons of stuff on there, including the video with Callum Smith from just this week. And also our entire back catalogue of shows. Don't forget, not only do we do the Radio City Talk show, but we do a boxing show and a UFC show every single week. It's all available at uh, fightdisciples.com. See you later. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.